This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host Greg from Studio One Design. Hey, Big Al, how are you, buddy? Mate, I am, well, I'm a little weary, actually, to be honest. I was going to say I am awesome. I'm awesome as always. But it's been a uh, busy couple of weeks, and um, we've got a lot going on in the uh, product photography and Amazon images and enhanced brand content space at the moment, which is really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we are really specializing at the moment around product centric design. So, you know, packaging instruction manuals, custom illustrations, graphics for, for e-commerce. And it's very exciting, but it's keeping us really, really busy. Wow. That's cool, man. Yeah. Excellent. So, and that's your main sort of like, is that the majority of your work at the moment? It has become the majority of our work for, for quite a while now. Although we still, like we're, we're progressively, you know, they say that you've got to focus on one thing, you know. And over the years, we have been experimenting with different, you know, for lack of a better word, products and product mm-hmm. offerings for design. But the more we do, the more we discover that everything in and around consumer products in all different markets, we're, we're really, really good at. You know, we're good at, at creating really good quality consumer packaging. We're great at, you know, diagrams and illustrations and 3D renders and product photography. So, you know, we're, we're slowly sharpening that that spear to focus just on those, those elements and anything related to those elements. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, yeah, products, I mean, we're talking online and offline, but, yeah, it lends itself well for e-commerce, doesn't it, all your skill sets? Yeah, the interesting thing is, is we've traditionally been offline, so, you know, retail consumer products. But what seems to be happening over the last few years is that even people in the e-com space that maybe don't have a traditional retail outlet are realising that they can't just sell crap online anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it really needs to, when it arrives to the consumer, they're expecting the same product experience as as they would get in a high-end retail store. You know, mm. if anything, it's probably more important because, yeah. you know, yeah. they've got free returns and, you know, people want five-star feedback ratings and all this sort of stuff. So they need to they need to be up there with the top brands of the world. I couldn't agree more, man. I reckon that's one of the one of the differentiators that's going to really make an e-commerce business shine is just that unexpected you know what it's like when you get an apple product right (laughs) unpacking it's an awesome experience everything about the packaging just looks really slick and yeah a lot of e-commerce businesses that are doing that are crushing it because of that experience when they get the product delivered yeah and well i hate to say a lot of e-commerce businesses aren't because because of the huge growth of the online space you know there's been a lot of companies that just sell a similar product to what everybody else is selling at a slightly better price and it doesn't really matter 
what the consumer receives, right? But that is changing and it's changing really, really quickly over the last couple of years and will continue to change. You know, the expectations of the consumer from a point of view of, you know, when they visit the site, the engagement, how they interact with the images of the photos, what diagrams and graphics are there to help them understand what they're buying right through to when it arrives. I mean, I just had a product shipped from a client and it's actually a really, really great product but it was packaged in a plastic bag with a label on it and when it arrived to me the bag was split which for me was okay I mean I needed the product I didn't need the bag but if I was buying that as a gift for somebody that would be a really really disappointing experience so you know from my feedback they've gone and they've redesigned it so it comes in a fabric pouch now so that it won't tear in transit. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, listener, if you have an e-commerce business and you're not putting effort into your packaging, then uh, CL because it, it can make a huge difference to Actually, that. Actually, we might hit that on the next episode, Greg. What do you think? You know, the, Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the difference between selling product online and selling product uh, in retail or, or traditional, you know, consumer outlets. Done, done, done. All right. And anyway, mate, what have you been up to? I went to an event and it was an awesome event. It was called We Are Podcast in Brisbane. So that was it was a three-day event late last week. So we're talking 1st of November to the 3rd or something like that. And or second to the fourth, there you go. So it was in Brisbane. I don't get up to Brisbane very often, but yeah, geez, that city's changed a lot, man. Lots of even when you speak to the locals the last five years, they say, you know, the growth of of the city is just insane. And yeah, it's very it's gentrified and it's a pretty cool place and lots of young fit people walking around and you know, it's like very much a a foot traffic lifestyle, like not many cars in the city and things like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Queen's, uh, Brisbane's always been a bit of a, well, I, I suppose from Australian standards compared to Sydney and Melbourne, a little bit of a sleepy town. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a huge population, but yeah, they're certainly changing things a lot up there. And I think, watch this space over the next 10 or 20 years, I think it's going to be up there with, with the best of us, Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> yeah, look, that, well, that, they've focused on on building that uh, as, a, as a business centre. I mean, why wouldn't you? Sunny Queensland. I yeah. Mean, the, it's a beautiful part of the world. Uh, so the event this today on this episode, we're gonna you're, you're gonna give us a breakdown of of the event that you went to, which was We Are Podcast 2017, and tell us what you learned. Yeah, for sure, man. So look, overall, I, I must admit, like I didn't expect it to be as good as what it was, and I just say that because, like, I just thought that it would be about startup. Like people starting podcasts, right? How to how to start a podcast and all those sort of basic things. But the speakers that they had on were really high caliber, and they talked about podcasts in short as as a vehicle to to help grow their business. But you know, these are like seven figure businesses, and you know, some of the speakers have created businesses from like as a result of producing their podcast and listening to the feedback from their audience and building products and services around their audience and it just really hit home how how much of an awesome tool podcasting is to grow any business and uh yeah that's you know i just really got the sense that it was way bigger you know than what i expected podcasting to be and it was really impressive i I really liked what the speakers had to say and i'll sort of go through 
each of them, um, or just not all of them, just a few of them that I really liked and the points that, that they made. So I'll go over them later. But yeah, another really, really cool thing about this event is all the proceeds went to a, you know, a charity, a not-for-profit charity. And this one is freetoshine.org. And so with all of the funds from the ticket sales, and they actually had auctions so that all of the speakers auctioned an hour of their time so all the audience would just bid in you know against each other and they raised how's this man they raised enough to save an entire village in south southeast asia from sex trafficking for an entire year yeah that's a nice spin to a live event isn't it i mean yeah there are plenty of these events that are put on by high level brands where you may or may not pay to go and it's you know become known that a lot of these are sort of pitchy events they're doing the events to sell you something but it's a nice way to have a a bit of a what's the word for it an ethical stance for your event to give something back give back yeah paying it forward yeah pay it forward pay it forward that's really nice i love that i love that yeah look i find it really interesting what you said about you know your expectation of the event being for people's starting podcasts and i mean you and i have talked in the past about why we do this podcast and and for us it's about delivering really great content and you know both you and i have gained customers from the podcast because people get to know us they understand how we think how we work and by the time they come to inquire it's you know it's an engaging um conversation and they feel like there's already a relationship there but there really is big business behind podcasts isn't there yeah, absolutely. And that's right. We like we started the podcast to share our knowledge, but we don't really monetize a podcast, you know. I mean, it's it's good for positioning for our businesses and and that's all good, but it's not like we create products or services as a result of, you know, the listeners' feedback or questions you know, about our podcast. So, I mean, you know, that's just not why we do it. But yeah, it's a huge opportunity for businesses. You can build an audience. And if you can build an audience first and then create products and services around your audience's needs, that's the perfect model for, you know, starting a successful business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, find a, a group of people you can sell to that have a common thread through them and then look at, at selling to solve a problem for them. I mean, yeah. actually, Ezra, our, our good friend Ezra, has had a webinar floating around recently where, you know, he talks about if, if you're selling bottles of water, right, and it's the best mm-hmm. bottle of water ever, and you stand on the average street corner or wherever you might be saying, would you like a bottle of water? It's the best water ever. Then you're going to get a certain percentage of sales. But if you were to stand, you know, at the the 15th checkpoint of a marathon where people are thirsty and really want water and you just hold the water out in front of you, people are literally going to grab it out of your hands. So it's mm-hmm. that same philosophy of building that audience. And, you know, some of these podcasts, they've got thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of listeners. It's absolutely astronomical. Millions, yep, absolutely. And so they had a superstar podcaster there who was kind of the headliner act and he was the first speaker of the day. We're talking about John Lee Dumas from eofire.com, which, uh, you know, he interviews entrepreneurs daily and and he's done about 1,800 uh, episodes, you know, to date, which is killer. And he, he kind of did the same strategy of 
building an audience first and then delivered lots of products. Like he's built an entire product ecosystem based around his listeners' needs. And, you know, he's got a significant multi you know, seven figure business. And, you know, the, the dude's only like in his 30s. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, he was awesome on stage. Oh, look, I don't want to jump the gun here, right? But somewhere in that event, did they talk about how to, you know, profile your customers? Because Apple and iTunes don't actually give you much information about your listener. But there are strategies to get that information, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so John Lee Dumas did exactly that. He he talked about his funnel right after he's sort of captured a listener, for instance, but he started before he did, and he calls that his funnel down, but before he did his funnel down, he talked about his funnel up, which is a strategy like you just mentioned on how to profile and how to how to build an audience, essentially. So what's the hot tip? I mean, if somebody subscribes on iTunes, you can't market to them, you can't email them, <laughs> you can't contact them, you don't know who they are. They're just a anonymous listener. Yeah, and one of the speakers mentioned that. They said he started off his speech, and I can't remember who it was, sorry, but he said, I love podcasts and explain why he loved it. And then he said, but I hate podcasts and here's why, because you, you can't build a list from it, right? But obviously you can, it's just that iTunes don't let you, you know, get access to the people. And, and he was saying, you get all these wonderful reviews, but it's from their, their iTunes account name. It's not the person's real name. So you can't even look into that and follow them up via their, their real name, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you would say, for example, with a review on Facebook, you can backtrack who that person is. Yeah. So the killer tip, to answer your question, is really to send people to your website and really try and encourage them to subscribe, not just on iTunes, but, you know, to your to your email list but to do that you need to give them something of value rather than just saying you know subscribe to our email list so yeah i mean obviously the the best conversions for for a podcast are when you have an individual topic and then on your website for that particular topic that you've done the podcast on you would have a you know a content upgrade if you like. So something that you can download, it might be a transcript of the entire episode, for instance. And so something that's completely relevant to that episode will convert the best to to build your list. Yeah, nice, nice. So drive, give somebody something of value that they can only get from your website. You know, you could maybe have a email capture as as a trade for the item possibly or even just you know facebook and remarketing tags and then you can you know we've got them somewhere in that funnel that that's cool yes that's right yeah and look there are other ways as well like you know you can obviously use you know push crew which is one of those tools where when you land on a website it'll ask you if you mind if we send you notifications from the site you know and there's other brands out there as well that do it but i mean john lee dumas said he's got like seven thousand subscribers on that you know yeah and then there's facebook bots as well so you know i don't know a lot about them but and it wasn't really discussed as a topic by any of the speakers other than in one of the q a sessions but yeah really you know facebook bots are really powerful these days as well for just starting the conversation but you know realistically it is a bot and and people you know at the moment it's hot but it'll come 
uh, like somebody said on stage, internet marketers ruin everything, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there'll come a time where everyone will just see right through it and become blind to it. But for now, it's a pretty good way to start a conversation. And that's kind of one of the key takeaways I got from the entire event, even from these multi-million dollar, you know, businesses. It, they say, you know, if you interact with your audience, even if, you know, let's say John Lee Dumas, he literally gets millions of downloads, right? So huge podcast. But he will jump on social media and just give one-to-one conversations and he'll actually ask his clients for, like, sorry, his listeners for feedback. So, and not only that, he'll say, hey, can we jump on a one-to-one call? And then he'll have a series of questions just so he does his own market research with one-to-one um, listeners and the listeners just absolutely love it of course so i thought that was really cool especially for somebody that doesn't need to do that but he still finds it crucially important to find out his listeners pain points and how they found him and things like that yeah absolutely so you know it is a little bit like we talk about you know know your audience yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so but yeah going one-to-one and that was a, a common theme throughout a lot of the speakers you know obviously everybody uses marketing funnels and and you need that but if you can have one-to-ones as well you have the highest um, chance of conversions because it's the best way to to build trust so you know, I'm going to tweak my my marketing funnel slightly to encourage people to to schedule a one to one with me a lot sooner than than I ordinarily ordinarily do. You know, so that's something that uh, as a result of the podcast that I'm uh, sorry the the event I'm going to change as well as a few other things. Well, it's interesting because I mean, you and I have, have been part of conversations where they talk about reducing the amount of one to ones that we do, you know, and, and trying to put filters in place so that when you do a one-to-one, it's more likely to convert to a sale. And what you're saying is, you know, maybe some more time on one-to-ones might be great. Yeah, look, and I think it's worth testing at least anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, you really want to make sure that your time is leveraged, right? So you don't want to be doing one-to-ones with just any tie kicker out there. But if you feel as though you've got a hot lead and you know for instance like we've just got a new quiz right and that's a pretty it's like 60 questions so if somebody's gone to the effort of answering 60 questions and then the results are maybe a 50 percent result like their website has 50 percent chance of being optimized properly right this is part of our, our quiz funnel to me that's a good opportunity they've gone to that effort it's a good opportunity for me to say hey you know do you want to jump on a call and we can discuss how to fix your website and that, to me, I, I think would be at least worth testing. Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, probably, I, I don't know if I should bring this up on the podcast. I might you know, give away some secrets, some of your <laughs> business secrets. But, you know, maybe the approach might be better to actually say, look, thank you very much. Based on some of your questions, I, I have, I actually have some follow-up questions for you and a couple of tips that I could share with you on, on how you might solve your problem rather than saying hey let's talk about improving your website because although they're they're obviously looking to improve their website no one likes to be sold to so i mean taki moore talks about that all the time you know like people say hey look i'll give you a free one-on-one you know 30 minute consulting session you know and everybody goes oh they're just going to pitch me and try and sell me their their wares 
Yeah, sure, man. And I love the fact that we're just discussing this organically because that's another thing I got from the event. Just to the message is to try and be more transparent and talk about your failures and not just your wins, you know? So, okay, that's great advice, Al. And I'm going to try that. I'm going to report back and let you know how that goes. Yeah, let the listener know. All right. Yeah. What were the, the top two to five things that, that you got out of this epic three-day event? Yeah, well, my goal was to connect with the speakers, right? I didn't, like I said, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect it to be as high quality content as what it was. So really, I didn't go there for the content. I mainly went there to connect with speakers and to meet new people. And I did. And and it was just awesome. Just, you know, some people in the audience, just regular people like me, were just so much fun. And they got you know, kick-ass businesses and, yeah, just, you know, really made some good friendships, which was super cool. Uh, But connecting with the speakers as well, you know, like I really wanted to meet John Lee Dumas and Sean D'Souzio. They're just, you know, they got really – Sean D'Souzio actually has a podcast called The Three-Month Vacation and uh, he's a dude that's based in New Zealand and he literally takes – him and his wife take three months off Every year, like they work three months, take a month off, work three months, take a month off, work three months, take a month off. Every year without fail. And, you know, this guy has an amazing podcast and a huge list, like, you know, 20-something thousand, but he doesn't care about the list. And he all he cares about is looking after a really small percentage of his you know, of his list, which are his clients, essentially. So then he, he has clients that are in a membership. And just one thing that he does is he has courses, right, in his membership, and he'll run courses at a set time. So instead of just saying, here's a digital course, go and learn it at your own pace, he says that doesn't work. So people need to be you know, need their hands held um, to get a good result. And he will step them through and walk them through every stage of the course and do it with them until each and every one of them has a has the result that they expected to get in the first place. So the point is, these clients of his only has a handful of clients, they buy again and again and again, just because he puts that effort in, you know, that one-to-one effort with them. So, and he's got an amazingly profitable business, but he's also quite con- contrary in the sense that He's not like all the other marketers. He doesn't want to have a multi-million dollar business. He's got a significant business, but um, he he does it on his terms, you know. So he only wants a certain amount of money. He more important to him is to have his three months off each year, and to educate his nieces. And everything is focused around that, and everything else is kind of secondary and i just love that attitude and love the way he only needs a handful of clients as opposed to having you know crazy marketing funnels and things like that yeah so it's it's a business driven by passion rather than yeah you know the need for more and more yeah exactly yeah and he's also a, a, a cartoonist and he was a graphic designer in a former life so he's actually agreed to come on to our podcast so i'm going to get him on and john lee dumas has agreed as well so i'm just going to uh work out the questions and then we'll have them on in the next few weeks so that'll be great episodes for the listener as well yeah look I, i'm interested to talk to sean because i mean you and i have been around the internet marketing space for a while and one of the big sell points that used to go around this industry was you know being able to 
work for yourself on your own terms so you mm-hmm. can travel the world and spend time with family and all this sort of stuff but the the reality is is to make a, a successful business i would say 98 percent of people that work for themselves whether it be in the internet marketing space or any small business space whether they've got some internet marketing skills or not actually work some really really long hours and yep. very even if they're successful they very quickly forget the reason why they did it and then they strive for more and more and more it's almost like trying to fill a bucket with a hole in it yeah so you know that that'd be a really great conversation for somebody who has you know built their business and done it on their terms and and that's i mean actually we haven't had james shramko on the show for a while we should we should try and get him later this year early next year because he's another one who built his business and his business works around him surfing every day and traveling to events and and doing the things that he wants to do first and then the business supports that you know so it's it's you know working to live not living to work yeah, and I see a lot of similarities between James Franco and Sean D'Souza. They really do, you know, have things, uh, have their business set up on their terms in, in so many ways, and I just love it. It's awesome. But, yeah, we'll do that. We'll get James back on, hopefully, and, um, yeah, Sean as well. So, but anyway, so, yeah, just overall, like, the, you know, the speakers were brilliant. I won't go through all of the things that they, they mentioned. It's just way too many notes. And, you know, but but overall, they kind of all had a, a similar message, and, and that is to, you know, really look after your, your customers if you want to build a successful business. It's not rocket science, just, you know, over-deliver and, and you know, get testimonials and, and, you know, word of mouth can be extremely powerful even though you have all these marketing funnels in place. And that was kind of the overarching message I got from, you know, the majority of the speakers. There was one speaker that I'd never heard of before, but Glenn Carlson is from The Dent Podcast and he's uh i think he started the key person of influence you know that business it's like a multi-country yep yep i know i know key person of influence um yeah cool and yeah he was just interviewed on stage and he just dropped value bomb after value bomb one of the things that he said which is to me like the number one key lesson i got from the entire event was any stress frustration or bottleneck in your business can be traced back to an asset deficiency. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so the way he looks at business is everything in your business needs to have a system and a process around it, whether it's the way you deliver a product or a service, and then once it's got this system around it that doesn't rely on you, then it becomes an asset. So really you're building a series of assets in your business. And if there's any problem, you know, in your business, it's usually traced back to that, you know, that process or system not working as efficiently as it should be. I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's funny because you and I had this conversation yesterday talking about in my business that we're going to invest in some new people for some for some new roles, but I was a little bit hesitant and a little bit frustrated because I re- we really need those people in there because that's the asset that we need. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure it's going to work. I want to make sure the system and the process is there because otherwise all I'm doing is creating a bigger asset deficiency. <laughs> yes. uh, that's, that's, yeah, I, I think that's, that's killer. You know, Isn't it? If anything's not working, you just need to inject something to make it work. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I thought he was really, really good. And, you know, his whole thing about helping uh, businesses is to increase their influence. You know, most people that go through the key person of influence end up having a book which helps, you know, with positioning them as the authority. And, um, yeah, I just I think, you know, his the whole model of how to help people help, and businesses is, is really quite smart. So, yeah, that was that. And also he talked about, and this came from a few speakers as well, that you want to use your, your skill set or your, you know, your service or product, whatever it is, in multiple ways, like multiple ways of delivering so that you can attract different markets and potentially different price points. Like to give you an example, you know, like we design websites, right? But you know, it's not for everyone because you know, it's not the cheapest. But at the same time, he said you could use that knowledge to create a course that is a more of a DIY. You're still using the same skill set and the same knowledge, but you're repackaging it and repurposing it into another form of an asset yeah so what you're saying is allow people to interact with you at all different levels so so if you've got a premium product look at a way to fit it into different price points in different markets so that you know people can become familiar with your brand you know just because somebody can't afford a premium website design today doesn't mean that they're not going to need a premium website design in one two or three years right Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And you can reach a a bigger audience if you can create like an, you know, an asset ecosystem or, you know, a product or service ecosystem that serves, yeah, multiple problems and and multiple businesses at different price points, essentially. But it's all based around the same knowledge that you have. Yeah, look, you know, I'm just going to digress just really, really quickly. Yeah. Something popped into my head. You know, one of the things that in a number of businesses in past lives that I've I've been in, something that has died in those industries is the the repair shop, the service and repair division or department, right? And a lot of businesses have gone this way. You know, if you have an appliance today, it is much harder to get it fixed. But what I think a lot of these businesses have forgotten is two things. Firstly, if somebody's invested in your brand and your appliance and they want to go and get it repaired, it means that there is a connection with with the brand and the appliance. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give them the opportunity to come to you to repair it, two things happen. Firstly, you don't have the chance to sell them something new. So even if you can't repair it, while you've got them there in the repair shop, well, here's our new version of it. Right, so yeah, you, nice. you've, you've you, and if you do repair it, it creates a brand loyalty. Now, what a lot of businesses have done is they've said, "Oh, well, a repair's worth thirty dollars or fifty dollars. I'd rather sell a five hundred dollar new one." So we'll do away with the fifty dollar price point, mm-hmm. right? Because it, you know, they see it as a cost center. They don't they don't look at it in the greater scheme of the brand. And yeah, I think. Got it. The same thing happens with with online products and services is sometimes we forget that some of these other little products that we offer are a key catalyst to bigger, better jobs, to starting the conversation, to having the relationship yes, and, and bringing people back for the relationship. I just got the, my tyres done. Uh, like my tyres replaced on my wife's car. Very, very clever. He's handed me a little booklet with an invitation to have my wheel alignment and balance checked in three months' time for free. Uh, yep, excellent. I did the same thing just last week, actually, and same same offer. Was it Bob Jane? 
Yes, it was. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And there you go. Consistency across the brand. Two different yep. outlets in two different states. Yeah. They don't forget to make you that offer, and they're very yeah. clear about the offer too. It's not just yeah. slipped in with your with your invoice. They make a point of telling you about they it. Did. He yep. actually went to the point of saying, "So make a point to come in February." So he was very specific about. Yep. When I was to when I was to come back, so, same man, isn't that good? They've got an SOP around it, obviously, because I had the exact same conversation. Yeah, yeah. So don't forget the little things. I think is is really important. Like you say, if you've got a a, a high priced website design product offering, make something more affordable for those who can't afford your product, and introduce them to yourself. Become a known brand to them and start the conversation. And it could even be a book. You know, you could grab all of your pod, uh, sorry, all of your po- well, podcasts or blog posts or whatever, and all that knowledge that you've shared out there and, and, you know, put it into a neat little packaged book. And, you know, it's the same knowledge once again, just packaged a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not hard to find a ghostwriter to take all the stuff that you've been, all the content you've been delivering for many, many years and rewrite it into a really nice book format. Yeah, exactly. Now, another thing I wanted to touch on was branding because that was another overarching theme that, you know, a lot of the speakers and the same thing happened at James Franco's Superfast Business event that you and I discussed after the event we reviewed it. And yeah, the serious businesses out there really invest in their brand, you know, the look and feel of their brand and, you know, the design quality needs to be top notch if you want to have a serious, memorable brand right now i'm not saying you need to do that at the start you can obviously get a website template you can get a logo done on fiverr or whatever but yeah when you're ready to grow your business then most of them were just saying how important branding is for them and i'll give you one example uh there's this speaker omar um zen zenum and he's got a a podcast called the hundred dollar mba and they've built an audience and, you know, it's once again a multi-million dollar, uh, sorry, multi-million downloads, like huge podcast, been going forever. And so what they did was listen to their customers' feedback, etc. And they built software around the their audience's needs and problems. And it's a webinar software, right? So the their main point of difference is a few things, but one of them he said to me was the branding. He said, nobody's doing good looking software for webinars. So to him, the brand is so important. If you want to check them out, it's webinarninja.com. And they really put a lot of effort into the branding and the UX, you know, the interface of their software. And it is just so premium compared to their competitors. So he put a lot of emphasis onto the brand Um, look and feel i couldn't agree more you know you you can't always invest in uh, your brand when you're starting but very soon into the 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 journey it needs to be something that needs to be revisited and needs to be honed and sharpened and perfected and you know make sure that it's it's a sellable brand i think that the brand asset is as powerful as your list as your your revenue and all these other things yeah 100 percent. yeah they also had nathan chan from founder magazine speak and he was also talking about the importance of of branding as well but yeah he's you know super smart guy i don't know if you've seen him speak before or know much about him or that magazine uh i do know of the magazine i don't know if i've caught him speak before but he's a super super young dude but um, man he's just full of 
you know, value bombs. Like he was just, yeah, giving so many good tips and he's a really sort of high level thinker. And it was good to hear also how he went on his journey from just being a, you know, a low level business to a high level business and how he had to change his mindset to suit. And, but now everything is about, uh, for him is about, you know, providing products and services for his, you know, for his audience based on their needs, etc. But what he's doing, instead of creating them all himself, he's teaming up with experts that already, uh, or experts in their field. So it might, let's say if it's a webinar software or whatever, I'm just giving an example, right? He'll use the, the best person in that webinar software space to team up with, to just, you know, offer their product as an affiliate. And that is his future plan for growing the business to, you know, 10x basically. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Mate, it sounds like you got some real gold out of that event. Yep. It was good, man. It was really good. And, yeah, and sorry to cut you off, but I, I know we're almost wrapping up, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that it was, like I said, better than, than I expected. I'll definitely be going back next year. Uh, they did have some sponsors there as well, and they had another a day before the two-day event where – they had sponsors educating people on, you know, for instance, there's one course9.com on how to create a course for your products or services, you know, and there's various other ones. I just found all of their content was, was extremely helpful and, yeah, a lot better than I expected. So it was an awesome event. I'll be back. Yeah, and no, you were fine to cut me off because I was actually just going to thank you for sharing all of that. And <laughs> cool. uh, I might put it on my list of events for next year. It sounds like it was really, really good. Mate, thanks for sharing. Listener, thanks for joining us on The Real Magic. We would love any reviews on iTunes or if you have any questions or comments, please head to our website, therealmagic.com. Greg, I'll catch you on the next episode. You bet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.